Wow, do we have something to tech about, where every episode focuses on ways students create digital evidence of active learning. As a Google for Education district, students and educators alike have free, unlimited access to apps that support creativity, collaboration, communication, and critical thinking, all elements of 21st century active learning. We are Google for Education certified trainers, Drew and Angie with Something Something to to Tech About. Google Classroom is the virtual hub for students and teachers using Google Apps throughout the school day. Think of it as your go-to space for sharing materials, distributing and grading assignments, providing feedback, as well as a space for students and teachers to ask questions and discuss relevant topics. In today's episode, we will share ways to clean up previous classrooms, as well as set up the classrooms you plan to use this year. This is not necessarily a how-to episode, but whether you are a Google Classroom veteran or a newbie, we have something useful for you. 21st Century Skills, the four C's, critical thinking, communication, creativity, and collaboration are universal skills that will serve students well in any career choice. Technology can help teachers design engaging lessons that incorporate the four C's, and technology gets students to put those skills to practice. So Drew, let's start with cleaning up previous classrooms we may have um, created in the past. What are what are your top three or four things that you think teachers may want to think about as they get ready for the new school year? Okay. Well, first of all, before I jump into that, if teachers have been in this for a while, educators have been using Classroom for a while, mm-hmm. you get so much. Um, your Google Classrooms, all your different calendars, all your assignments, and so forth can really get just like your Google Drive, you know, get out of control. Yeah, things start to build up in places you don't even realize. Mm-hmm. So kind of that's why we're kind of offering how some tips for cleaning up all of those previous classrooms, because I know myself, I need these tips. With all the demo classes and all the classrooms that I belong to, it's really, really gotten out of hand. So hopefully... You can some- imagine what mine looks like. Sorry to interrupt. But if, <laughs> if Drew's is out of hand, mine is a complete mess. So... <laughs> So hopefully um, some of the tips that we're going to talk about today can help you get those cleaned up. And I think probably one of the first things um, that you want to do is any of the old classroom, um, Google Classrooms that you do not want to use anymore is to simply archive them or go ahead. I was going to say how to do that. Even though it's not a how-to episode, if you don't know how, you just find that skinny snowman on the little card of that Google Classroom mm-hmm. and be able to archive that. Yes. Um, so archive your old classes. Um, if you have uh, other teachers within the, um, any of your Google Classrooms, you may want to uninvite them, not to be mean or anything, but, no, you're, but you're just you're helping cle- out a friend, mm-hmm, cleaning, cleaning up things theirs, up. You're cleaning theirs up as well. Um, I'm pretty sure they'll get a notification that uh, they're no longer a member uh, or a co-teacher of that class, which is fine. You can always let them know, just cleaning up. What else, Angie? Uninvite, archive, What what's next? Well, one thing, if you're not going to archive, you would want to return all the old assignments. Some Mm. teachers like to reuse a previous 
classroom. So they've got it set up just the way they want it. They had a really good semester or a really good year, and they want to do the same thing again. Mm-hmm. Well, in that case, they're going to want to make sure they return all the old assignments that they've used, and they want to remove all the students as well. Unenroll them, yes. Unenroll, yeah, you don't remove them. Google Classroom works with a lot of other apps as well, and sometimes people don't even realize that Google Classroom is associated with it. So every time you create a classroom, you create a calendar and those can build up as well. So you might want to head over to your Google Calendar and start removing any of those old calendars that have begun, I don't know what the word to, is. To clutter, to clutter. I mean, you've got too many calendars because I can attest to that. Sometimes I'm looking at my Google Calendar thinking, oh my goodness, what did I miss? But it's a post from a classroom that I'm a part of. So it really has nothing to do with me. So if you go in and remove or either um, hide those class calendars, um, great way to clean up your clutter on your side. Um, And then another one is uh, if you're interested in this, you can move your old class folders. Angie, can you kind of Tell a little bit more about what that entails. Yeah, so in Google Drive, every time you create a Google Classroom, Classroom folders are also built. And those can become cluttered as well. If you have a bajillion Google Classrooms, well, then you've got the same number of Google Classroom folders. So you may want to take those, move them all into one space, maybe even... You know, you can, like we did in Google Drive, make one that's called last year or previous uh, years, whatever. Yeah, Throw them that. all in there. They will not break the link. You'll still be able to access them I if you I think that's that. a big thing um, for me as well, because I'm, I'm oh, do, can I, you know. Can I move it and still get to it from Classroom? Exactly. You can. Yeah. Yes, because I know Google says, do not touch the Classroom folder. But what they mean by that is, if don't delete it. So you can manipulate it, but you can't get rid of it permanently because then everything else is gone right am i i think you're on the right track yeah yeah i mean and then again in the shared with me where angie never just, ventures yeah i'm just like don't go in there <laughs> um you can if you know if you're interested to help with that cleaning up you can remove the um shared files um with you and what happens when you're a lot of times with classroom the kids are uh, not turning in the assignment, but they're sharing the fo- files with you. So um, that's something to consider also in um, cleaning up your previous Google Classrooms. Just depends on how much you really want to clean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You could always ignore it. I was going to say, <laughs> or you can just choose to ignore it. Um, so you'll find this and a little um, more information in our show notes at somethingtotechabout.com. So be sure to visit and check out what's there. Yeah, we've got some to-do lists for you. Share your success. Reach out to us with questions or success stories at somethingtotechabout at gmail.com. We look forward to your messages and could even include your ideas, questions, and successes in future shows. All right, so we've talked a little bit about cleaning up um, previous classrooms. So the next little segment that we're going to talk about is setting up new classrooms. So whether you're the veteran or whether you're new to this, you're going to get something out of um, this part as well. So Angie, start us off. Where, where do we begin setting up new Google Classrooms? I think the first thing to think about is how you want to be organized. So 
and how your user will approach it. So do you need one classroom per, I'm gonna call it a learning environment? Like if you're an elementary student, um, excuse me, if you're an elementary teacher, um, would you want your students to go to one classroom to visit all of the things that they might need to do in a school day? And then they could be divided out by topic, meaning you'd have one classroom called like Miss LaPlante's third grade room or whatever. And then you'd have a topic for math or science or social studies. Or you could have a Google Classroom for every subject you teach, Mm -hmm. which would make sense for middle and high for sure, because that'd be divided out by block or whatever. So I think the first thing is deciding how many and how you'd name them. I think that's one of the probably more popular questions that we get Mm -hmm. um, when we're working with teachers, you know, so how, you know, do I need one for every subject area? Do I need one? So it's just personal preference. And you might try it one way for one class in the nine weeks, and you may say, oh, I want to do this Mm -hmm. a different way and switch it up for the next nine weeks. That's totally fine. Yeah. So yeah, nothing set in stone. So keep that in mind. If if you start with something and it's not working for you, it's change it up. <laughs> definitely changeable. And the kids are highly adaptable. They'll get there right along with you. So class names when you're naming a classroom. I think keeping the students in mind. Who mm-hmm. because if the student is looking at their Google Classroom dashboard, the name of the class is going to help them navigate to whatever Mm -hmm. course they're taking. So as long as it makes sense from the student perspective, probably more than the teacher, I think. I think that's a good way to go about it. Mm -hmm. Put the end user first. Yes, I like that. And I think the next thing I'm going to talk about is going to be very helpful for the newbies to, to Google Classroom. You need to find a coworker and become a student in their Google Classroom. Don't click, I'm a student. You're going you're gonna to click a teacher, but um, you're going to be you're in gonna the get bus- the code from a, from a coworker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, to um, see the student side of the Google Classroom because uh, that seems to be one of the bigger things that teachers struggle with because they don't know, they can't help their students with something because they don't know how to help them. Right, because the screens look completely different mm-hmm. from the teacher side versus the student side. So you really want to try to find ways to be proficient in both. And being a student in a coworker's classroom is a really good way to go about that. Yes. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Google Classroom is highly editable. The, the banner um, for the classroom, they have themes to offer. You can add emojis to your uh, assignments. You can change the colors. And um, so you can be creative in order to organize and energize uh, your student. Yeah, you can even think about teacher branding. Maybe your favorite color is green. So mm-hmm. students will start knowing that, you know, your, everything that comes from my science teacher. I used to be a science teacher, so that's why I'm saying this. No, me too. Oh, yeah. LaPlante <laughs> was the science teacher. Isn't that kind of funny? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, all my stuff, <laughs> all my stuff was green and had plants all over it. So... <laughs> You know, visually, they would go to the green oh, classroom okay. yeah, from Miss LaPlante's class. Yeah. So just like when with cleaning up your uh, Google Drive, find a system that works for you and, and stick with it. Again, visit our show notes at somethingtotechabout.com for more tips and tricks for your Google Classroom. And getting ready for the school year. We've got, like I said before, we've got um, checklists for you, and you can go ahead and check them off as you go. Mm-hmm.